What's up? So we learned a couple things about Justin last week. You guys, uh, you guys catch on to that? What's that? Well, uh, well first of all, we learned we we witnessed uh, through the the magic of last week's show. We we heard his balls physically dropping and his voice yes, changing. Yes, did. <laughs> about eight minutes into the show. And then on top of that, we learned a little something about. Justin, at the very end of the show, did you guys catch that? You know, I didn't get many people commenting on that. Just Dieter, really. <laughs> Dieter, <laughs> Dieter keyed in on that. He was all about that. I don't think they brought their head up from their hands yet. Just going, oh my God, really? <laughs> well, see, the thing was that, like, Dan, if if you had let it go for, like, another five seconds then you would have caught the part where I had mentioned the movie that I was quoting. But it it was interesting that you eliminated that oh, part. So it just sounded like I was talking about my dick. What? I didn't. What? You're making it sound like I edited it. I didn't edit that. that, was, yeah, that was just, that's, yeah. That's no, I'm way. kind of pointing at that. <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was good fun. Good fun. So uh, anything new and exciting happened this week? Anybody? Anybody want to go first? Somebody, uh, I'll go, I'll go first. Oh, oh, you go. I think Dan should go first. You guys are not going to believe it. You're not going to believe what I'm about to tell you. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? I'm ready. Mm Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm going to skin a dog. Go in the other room! (laughs) Jeez, dude. All right. So back on topic, I finally, finally found a sucker to get my 500 goblin to. Yeah, get I heard about here. this guy. Nice. I did, dude. It's <laughs> gone. That goblin is gone. It is like. Does he listen to the show? <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> oh, I doubt that's it. No more small gone. helis for Dan, huh? I tell you, that thing is boxed up and it is physically on its way to some incredibly unfortunate individual. Okay, what, what did you do to it, Dan, before you put it in the box? Well, I, I mean, did you rub any sort of body part on it? Or? Well, no, I, I tried your fireman hose trick on it. Yes. There you go. Uh, it wasn't too awful successful. I, I did, however. It uh, wasn't successful? No. Just, it's a goblin, you know? You can't get too awfully excited about a goblin, can you? Oh man, that sucks. It doesn't quite do it for me. Um, you know, I peed on it a little bit. That's all. That's, <laughs> that should at least brighten up the and faded paint. Now, 
now I actually hope he doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> we, we, went, we went from asking, does he, to I hope he doesn't. On top of that, there's going to be an addition to the fleet. Oh. Yeah. So I, I found a guy. I can't believe this. Found a guy to trade me a 700, a Blade 700 for the Goblin. Can you believe that? Weird. Isn't that weird? That's crazy. What kind that of I'm not sure crazy. who's getting the better end of the deal, quite frankly. <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, now that I've heard the whole story, I'm really not sure who's getting the better end of the deal. Yeah. <laughs> I think I know where this is going. No, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, new uh, change. Um, you know, I mentioned last week that my wrist was acting up, but they changed my... We, we took a medicine change, the doctors and I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What a turnaround. Oh my God, I feel so much better. Uh, all over. Nice. Not just the wrist. I mean, That's it's awesome. Like, uh, so we're going to continue down that course. And, uh, uh, you know, I was thinking, you asked me someone, I think Nick or maybe it was Justin asked me last week if, uh, if you know, because the wrist was acting up, am I going to have to go back to the knob? And I didn't quite catch on to that question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but here's the deal. Even if, it, even if it was still bothering me, it wouldn't work because the knob was for the opposite wrist. Oh yeah, yeah, oh. that's true. So, but luckily, I, I don't have to go down that road. So, uh, I got the uh, I got the um, rush back in the air. Nice, uh, all's well there. Sweet. What's that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Test yeah. flown. Yeah, oh. I got I got a handful of flights this week. I didn't get to fly much. We've been real busy cutting parts. Finally, got CNC issues sorted and getting parts cut so been real busy with that but taking some time every now and again get a flight here and there and haven't even been flying those which shall not remain main name num not <laughs> you were come. on the right track but <laughs> it's not working for me it's okay we understand <laughs> those which we got shall it. We not got be it. renamed something went totally <laughs> wrong copied and pasted <laughs> something went wrong <laughs> went off the rails but no i uh no i haven't even been flying those bastards so uh, where are you at on flight count? I am 442. So I got, uh, seven more flights in this week. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. And, uh, it's supposed to be a really good weekend. It's been kind of shitty this week. Um, cold, but supposed to be a nice fall, fairly warm weekend. So going to get some flights in, going to get the, uh, I have to work on the nitro now. I have been neglecting it. Um, but I don't believe you, dude. Are you really going to get the nitro back up and running? <laughs> I got it. I flew it. I flew it um, a couple weeks ago. I know, but you just mentioned that you've got a, a Blade 700 coming. coming. Yeah. Right. Well, I have a prediction. Uh oh. Oh, let's hear it. I think that when you get that. Yeah. I I would be willing to bet that you are not going to. It will become your primary heli over the rush. Ooh, I don't oh. know, Nick. Nick actually, That's... Nick and I talked about this. And once you hear the logic and the reasoning behind this, you may you may change your mind, Justin. Yep. Okay. You, you know me. I'm always take, open. Take Let's a guess. Take it. a guess. What 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 about the blade would make me want make me enjoy it better? Think hard about when I've been when you've been around me and I've been flying my rush. The one complaint mm-hmm. that I always had about it 
shows how much you've I'm, been paying attention. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> Jesse, go ahead, because I know you've got a better memory than me. No, I have I have no idea. Huh. Really? I knew I I knew it right away. Battery trays. I was yo. I was gonna. Oh, battery trays. Oh, battery. Trays. Oh yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, Dan. Yeah, I don't the like. Blades? Yeah. He blade. The Dan was man. All I those, hear you. That dude. was a that lot of four letter words. Yeah, that's side true. Crap yeah, is ridiculous. Hate, yeah, I I hate that saddle mount thing. I hate it. And uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's and you don't want to pay like nine hundred and thirty eight dollars for <laughs> Mister Whiteside's custom super hillbilly mounts. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that, I thought they were a little more than that. And, actually, I mean, they're slightly less than a kit. But do they work? Apparently, I, I mm. apparently they were. Maybe to, that's why they're to so be determined. Hmm. Well, I've got, I've got the ability now. Maybe I should make my own. Yeah, I agree. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but, but yeah, not having saddle packs. The stick pack configuration is always yeah better off. I agree. You and know that that's yeah. got a great tray lock. I mean, with the lever on the tray. No pins. Mm, it's, it's a sweet battery setup. It really is. Yeah. So whose is this anyway, Dan? I, I don't who's know the if poor I'm at, SOB that decided to, to I trade down? <laughs> I don't know if I'm at liberty to say, to be honest with you. No? I wait a little bit. I'm sure it'll surface. Yeah. It might come out. Well, especially in, since in, you peed on his helicopter. <laughs> you probably, yeah, you probably hold off a little that's bit. That's not all he did. Yeah, because the wrist is feeling better. Yeah, I mean, I, not just the wrist; it's like everything that don't it's heal like, itself. It's yeah. like uh, <laughs> it's physical therapy, yo, <laughs> Jesse. Yeah. What the heck? You're you're not helping. This is awesome, I'm just, Jesse. I'm just saying. You know? just saying. <laughs> you're busted. You are so flat busted. Might not have worked like a fire hose, Dan, but I bet you you were still dropping loads like a dump truck. Oh, my God. Oh, How geez. did we get here? How did we get here? What? You did it. I did? Yeah. I did. Uh, really? Mm-hmm. Huh. You steered it right wasn't here. It, wasn't it Dan that implied that he was doing something obscene to the helicopter? Yeah, I yes. said I peed That on it, it was. I, I, I did. Okay, all right, all right. We get it. We get it. So other than uh, other than uh, that nonsense, um, I you know I'm looking forward to the weekend and uh, I'm looking forward to flying a different heli. Finally, I should I should do this every three months. Just swap out helis with somebody. There you go. I yeah. Do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, See, it's a refreshing feeling. It is, and and if you listen close, it, it, it might uh, the answer may reveal itself. You, you might be able to figure out hmm. uh, who who the five hundred went to. I, I just I just haven't been given permission to say, so we'll uh, we'll leave it at that. So that's my week in a hmm. nutshell, guys. Nice. What do you think? Flying, sweet. No multi rotors. I think that's a great week. That's a win. <laughs> I've, I haven't been flying them, but I've been building the shit out of them. How's that grab you? Huh? Man, eh, wrenching's wrenching. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, who wants to go next? Don't y'all? 
Anyone? Do you guys want me to explain Ooh, to you how this works? I'll go, so I'll go, I'll go next. Uh, I'll go wait, next. wait, before you go, I forgot one thing that definitely needs to be mentioned. Um, Antonio, and I'll butcher your last name. How do you say it? Justin Parentes? Parentes? I think it's Parentesis. I don't know. And I think it's Antonios because there's an S at the end of it. Is it Antonios? I think we should just call him Tony. Yeah, Tony's good. Or A-hole. How's that? We'll just call him that. <laughs> there you go. Um... <laughs> So as uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a birthday guy, right? And it was my birthday last week. Didn't and uh, didn't say anything about it because I don't generally do birthdays. But Antonio's Tony sent me a, um, a Starbucks card. So thanks, dude. Well, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. nice. Yeah. So uh, I warm uh, weather dicks looking out for it's you. A bummer, man. you don't have any of those. I yeah, I gotta a, drive ninety five miles to you. Hundred miles to get that coffee, but. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's the thought that counts. So you drive nice. ninety five miles, and we drive like ninety five feet. Feet, yeah. yeah. And you hit three of them in that ninety five. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, and pick there one. is one Starbucks in Missoula, and it's it's uh, you know fifty. No, what is it? It's eighty seven miles round trip there and back. Well, good thing you go there every now and then. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, let's see. That that that's all I really wanted to just say. Thanks, dude, for that. The thought. That's awesome. Appreciate it. And um, so, Jesse, before I interrupted you, you were getting ready to go. What do you got, man? I was, and it's it, it's going to be a, a quick one here because once again, I you know I'm starting to feel like Justin. Honestly, I'm not going to lie here. Oh my God. Starting to feel like Justin in the fact I have to take another no fly card. No fly. No fly. Two weeks in a row. I mean, I'm starting to get right, and I'm starting to get this little collection here, and I'm definitely gonna have to do something about it here soon. But Jesse, I did not love it. What's up? Oh, you love it. Jesse's a loser. I, I, <laughs> that, that person's back. Jesse, the great white hunter. I did go. I did. Well, that's. Part of the reason why I didn't get out last weekend, it was opening weekend of hunting season. Um, Mm -hmm. I spent quite a bit of time scouting, so I went out and hunted last weekend, and I did get my deer. Nice. So that's where I was at last weekend. But in addition, it's not like the weather was optimal. It's it's really starting to change here. This is the the windy season, I guess, um, for Pullman, kind of that fall, winter starting. You know, it's that constant 20, 25 mile an hour wind. Pretty Don't much every single day when you wake season? up. <laughs> yeah, there's there's always that there's always that ten mile an hour wind, but you you actually just kind of learn to cope with that, and you you actually forget the wind's blowing. But this is that twenty twenty five mile an hour wind type mm-hmm. stuff, you know, where you really know because if if you're wearing a hat, it's gonna blow blow your hat off your head. That that type of wind, or you know, your heli's just sitting there on the ground and it's gonna knock your heli over. Um, ah. so it has been really windy all last weekend. All this week, I'm hoping, much like Dan mentioned, the temp- temperature-wise, the weather's looking good this weekend. It's not supposed to rain, and it's supposed to be mid-60s, so temperature-wise, it's looking right there, but Wind. I'm not sure if the wind's going to pan out. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of to the point, it's, it is very difficult to progress and enjoy your time at the field when you're trying to hold your hat on your head the whole time, and the helis blowing all around and it's blowing 25 no miles an now, hour so now, jesse let me ask you an honest question and i want an honest mm-hmm. answer 
Are you okay. just using that as an excuse? And that's okay if you are. No, I, I actually, it, it has been blowing 2025 here nearly every day. And for me, I've just kind of gotten to the point where ah, that's just not, you know, that's just not enjoyable. Sure, I, I could go out there and get in 10 flights, 15 flights, whatever, you know, tough it out in the wind. It's not, you know, it's still in the 50, 60 degrees, not super cold. The wind doesn't help. It does make it a lot colder. But just as far as enjoying the hobby and getting out there and flying, those are not the conditions where the enjoyment of the hobby happens, at least for me. Um, well, I'm, and so, I'm just asking because, see, I've, I, I got some inside information talking to one of my buddies at the club, Tim Burmeister, about your guys' experience at Othello. Dan, mm-hmm. you'll want to listen to this. <laughs> and, uh, and what I hear is that it wasn't really as bad as it was when you and I were spinning the little tail whirly bird in the wind in the spring, no. Dan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, and the claim was that Nick and Jesse were just being babies about it. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Tim Burmeister was like, "Bitch, please remember get that, out there Tim. and fly." Yes, please. <laughs> Every yeah, because everyone else was flying so much. That's right. I do. I do remember that now. Everyone was just <laughs> pounding the flights out, <laughs> and Nick and I were just sitting there. You know, so yeah, we were the only ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were. You know, you get that three mile an hour wind. It's in your face is too much it's just too you can't handle that yeah. that's just too much that's so uh, that's but not no satis- that's i, I not usually factory that wind is just that's just not gonna cut it doesn't work no it doesn't work no. so i i usually draw the line i don't know fit around 15 or something so yeah. hopefully hopefully it pans out this weekend this last week though i did um i did sim a couple more times not the i'm not quite back to the every single night um routine i think i'm slowly kind of working my way up to it. So I did get a chance to sim um, a couple nights, so about an hour or so of sim time. And then also I got quite a few emails and lots of good feedback on ideas for my truck um, and how I can, you know, use the canopy and make the bed of my truck way more functional um, than what it currently is. So thanks everyone for all the feedback. Lots and lots of good ideas. Um, So... Even yeah. got a a couple master cam files. Oh, I got <laughs> yeah. Nick <laughs> sends me like a full on drawing package, like a purchase order and a drawing package, about eight different views, section cuts, <laughs> parts All list, highly sketched <laughs> yeah. with a pencil <laughs> yeah, on the back was... of like a piece of scratch paper. <laughs> yeah and it was so random like i was just sitting there working and all of a sudden i was like dude i think i got it popped in (laughs) you yeah yeah it looked it looked great some you would have drafted up on a computer so geez but yeah so thanks everyone for all the emails and feedback that was awesome that is my week that was it huh that's it huh i'm gonna let you go justin yeah i was gonna go anyway (laughs) cool Awesome. awesome. Thank you. I, I'm glad we're both on the same page. <laughs> Mine will be fairly quick here, too, because I'm going to take a no fly. No fly. No fly. Yes. Split the card. There we Still go. Still hanging out at 310. Justin's a loser, too. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's voices are like. They're evolving in a very disconcerting way. Yeah, they're going the wrong way. 
What do you know? I want him to try to do the the retarded sound, but with like the Scottish accent. Yeah. Can oh. you do that? Whoa. Uh, yeah, I threw you for a loop, huh? Yeah. yeah. I feel like if I tried it, I'd probably like, stroke out. You, you, do, yeah, you, do one or, you do one or the other, and then it just will <laughs> yeah. think be thinking about through. it too much. <laughs> you can hit the mute button and practice a few times. That's right. That's okay. You go ahead and mute. Yeah. No, go, go ahead. <laughs> you, I want to. I want to hear about your action-packed weed. With the crazy schedules that we run around here, having products that can be both technical and convenient is an absolute must. The Revelectric's Dual Power Lab fits that bill perfectly. With the extensive live data graphing capabilities that the Dual Power Lab offers, I'm never left with a lack of charging and battery information. Not to mention, being able to crank out 40 amps per channel leaves me with charge times that even I can't keep up with. So quit wasting precious time waiting for your packs to be done charging. Pick up a Dual Power Lab to step up your charging game. Thanks, Nick. For more information, log on to www.revolectrix.com, then click on the Revo USA store. Oh, yeah. Tons of action. I, I basically spent the evenings this week slowly working on the goblin speed breaking it down doing some maintenance on it um as i've mentioned recently i've been selling off a bunch of stuff and a couple of things that i sold off basically made it so that the speed was not flyable one of them being the motor because i wanted to try out a new motor so the goblin speed came out of its custom fuselage for now while I work on the next revision over the winter and it's gone back into its stock form. And as I mentioned, I will do 12 S on that guy. So I'm looking for a motor for it right now. But in the meantime, I figured I'd break it down. You know, it's well over a hundred flights. I think it's close to a hundred and I don't know, 110, 120 flights, something like that. All at high RPM, all speed runs. And I wanted to see what that meant. What did that do for uh, for the head and the bearings and the tail and all of that? And to my surprise, pulling the head apart, all of the bearings are still silky smooth. There's no notchiness on the thrust bearings at all, which really floored me. I was expecting to find, you know, how after you fly them long enough, you get the little pits and as you rotate it with your finger, you can you can feel it sort of chunking along as the balls go in and out of the pits. Nothing. They looked like they were brand new. The the only sign of any sort of wear and tear was on the feathering shaft. And I think I sent you guys a, a text picture of it. There's sort of like a, a burnishing of the steel outer diameter where it rubs or or bounces back and forth in between the dampers and the head. Uh, but even after after uh, seeing that, I polished it up a little bit with the mother's aluminum polish and it cleaned up really nice. So I actually think it's still usable. So the the head got rebuilt, pulled all the gears out. I degreased those because I had been using tri-flow thick grease. And now I'm going towards trying to use uh, a dry lubricant in all of the speed helis 
So I've picked up a bottle of the TriFlow Dry, which actually goes on wet, but it eventually dries out about overnight it takes and lubed up all the gears. And then I figured I wanted a change on the look. And so I pulled the black tail case off and I de-anodized it and polished it up with some mother's aluminum polish. And now it is a beautiful, shiny silver. And I'm really liking it, dude. I'm not sure why why I didn't do it previously. And uh, I think I think that's about all I did this week. I spent most of the time getting that guy cleaned up, finally made the decision on the motor for the Diablo Speed, I'm going to pick up the X Nova 4535-520. So hopefully that'll be here in the next few days to a week or so. And then we'll be able to finish that guy up and get it maidened. I got a question. Yeah. I was just thinking about this. The don't They have a carbon, carbon fiber set up for that, don't they? For what? Like the canopy? For the a, Diablo for the speed? speed? No, for the Goblin. Yeah, they do. Are you going to get that? I'm going to, but not the SAB version. Canamod has this thing called the XTC series or something like that, Extreme Canopy series, where it's all carbon fiber and it's supposed to be a lot lighter weight. Mm-hmm. And they've got better looking designs than the SAB design, so... Yeah, I'll okay. eventually get it, but it's expensive, dude. It's like 180 bucks for a carbon fiber canopy for the Goblin Ooh. Speed. And then, of course, you got to get the tail to match. And so that's another, like, $100. But is is there... Oh, so they sell a, a tail boom as well? Mm-hmm. Is it lighter? I don't know if the tail boom is lighter because the stock tail boom is carbon fiber to begin with. Yeah. But the canopy is supposed to be lighter. So yeah, it'll get it'll get some new new clothes here eventually, but that's not a priority right now. I just need to get it back up in the air so I've got a second heli to uh to speed fly around with the TDR while I'm getting the Diablo ready. Next next spring. No, <laughs> much much earlier than that. Like I said, it's it's all it's got all its stuff. I'm just waiting on the motor and I was being I was being me about the motor. Had to do some research, had to do some math. I was bouncing back and forth between whether I wanted to do a hand, you know, a custom hand wound or just buy a stock one for now. I think I'll just go with the stock. Just get it in the air to begin with. Hmm. That was kind of a snoozer. Thanks. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I guess uh that leaves Nick, huh? Yeah. So uh how was your week? Uh, I had a fantastic week. Yeah? Like a, a really good one, actually. Got some flying in last weekend. Oh, oh, yeah. Overcast, cloudy, not the greatest. Didn't matter. I was flying. Having a good old time, too. Just out there banging out flights. Put a couple in on the blade and then just having fun. Still, again, progressing. Uh, I've gone back and I'm really starting to work on stuff again. It has been, oh, I have just had, I feel completely rejuvenated all over again for actually flying, which was much needed after, after this summer. Go figure, right? As it starts to rain, I'm ready to start flying. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. 
So let's see. I um, let's see in the in the world. Well, okay. Uh, I bought a new radio. What? Oh, yeah. yeah. Only one of you knew about that. What? Uh, what? Uh, what you get? So, okay. I spent. Uh, I I set out to do some telemetry research. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been wanting to do telemetry for quite a while. Kind of had the plan. I was really pumped with the 14SG. You know, then with the with the amperage setup that they have, you got to order it from that dude in Europe, and it's it's just, you know, it works, but then the 14SG didn't work, so then it was go to the 10J. Eh, that one would have been okay, but kind of same boat. I just really, you know, I felt a lot of radios over at Urcha, couple of them wowed me the I really liked the way the JR felt but then it was like yeah I don't know they just really didn't I don't know I I've had this very long standing I really want a new radio but I just didn't know what to get so when Justin started talking about the uh, jetty you know and the different features and everything and he was talking about the J log I started really looking into what the J log is like what what is this thing? I guess I was under the impression that it was a it was a contronic item. And it's not. It's completely separate. Uh, for those of you who don't know what it is, what it actually does is it will take you know live ESC data from ESCs that are capable of doing that and then it can send that through your telemetry system and or log it on an SD card. So then I started looking at, okay, well, what systems does it talk with? You know, uh, okay, well, obviously it's very compatible. Jetty, Gropner, JR. So, okay, so that helped me narrow it down a little bit. Well, you know, when the when the Gropner came out, it, it had a wow factor that I really liked. But then at Urcha, I felt the 24-channel version, and the switches just did not work at all on the top. They were very close together, and there was uh, these rotary dials that were in the way. So I kind of ruled it off. But I spent a little bit more time looking at it because I kept stumbling upon these things with the J-Log that said that it works great with the telemetry on the Grapner. And again, the Grapner just had so many stinking features that I was like, hmm, okay, well, I guess somewhere along the line I missed the 18-channel version of that radio. Which, a little bit of research showed, the only difference is the channel count. And it doesn't have the rotary dials on the top. It still has the two on the front face, like the 8FG. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has it's shy two little teeny trim buttons up in top, which would be completely useless anyway. Past that, it's the same. So I was like, whoa, whoa, okay. That completely changes it because I don't have any problem pulling switches out. I mean, there's for what I do these days with a radio, I need a bank switch and a rotary dial (laughs) and an idle up and a throttle hold. That's it. So looking at it a little bit more, found out that it it worked very well with the J-Log, got into a little more looking, um, you know, found out we had done in the news a while back 
that news about Castle doing this whole live data stream thing. And I remember we actually kind of knocked it. It was like, ah, well, it's cool, but doesn't have anything to do with this hobby. You know, they got like this little USB thing and it was more of like a control system thing that they were now compatible with. But then when I looked into it, it was like, well, wait a minute. No, that's not true. It, not only did they come out with a piece of hardware to basically control an ESC with like maybe a computer or some sort of standalone unit, but it now doesn't just log ESC data. It can transmit live data. So that means that you can go out of a castle into the J-Log into your radio with live data. That means you don't need a current sensor anymore because that information's in there. You can have telemetry to speed controller temperature, uh, pack voltage. I mean, the, everything that the castle can do, you can have it now on the radio. Hmm. Which I was kind of a big eye-opener, so now I'm like, whoa, all right, here we go. Started looking at prices. Well... Man, the regular price on the 18 channel Gropner was only 400 bucks. Clicked back in my <laughs> my stack of junk mail and found a cuz I'm a Tower Hobby member. Mm-hmm. Found a nice little coupon there. Coupon. And a coupon. <laughs> and then Dan, I know you know this. We are suckers for the 3 pay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dude, they'll get you on the th- and they have it. So Long story short, I ended up getting it for three fifty. Oh, jeez! And it comes with two receivers. So the plan is, I'm going to try that, and then I'll probably pick up a couple J logs, and then probably end up flying. Uh, I'll get two Edge Edge one twenties for the Raptors, and we'll just be living and, and loving it. Huh. Yeah, because that's that's everything that I could possibly want: logging and live. Uh, I mean that that's but the yet still in uh, uh, in my opinion in an extremely economical setup. Um, but with you know kind of like the the nerd side of it as well. So do you have? I mean, is it here yet? Uh, it'll be here Tuesday. I'm interested to. To hear what you think about it. I know you felt one, but a different one. Um, I'm interested. This is a gamble. This is not like me. This is definitely a yeah. a gamble as far as ergonomics go. You know, uh, I'm going to have to basically pull it out of the box before I touch with it or mess with it. I'm going to have to kind of make a decision without removing the switches if it's something that'll work or not. Because, I mean, once I touch it... It's not going back. Precision, speed, torque, and power. We'd expect nothing less out of a servo put on the market by a guy that pushes his equipment to the absolute limits flight after flight. If they're good enough for Bert, then they're good enough for me. BK Servos. Keeping my heli feeling connected www.bkservo.com You know, when it comes to functionality, most every radio could probably do what I needed to do, but there's something Mm -hmm. about a radio that is a requirement for me. 
and the and the 14SG barely meets this requirement, but it does. 8FG didn't meet the requirement. If I grab the radio and I have to grab it with any amount of pressure, and if I can feel it give, like the plastic, that's uh-huh. that's a no go for me. Yeah, I do not like that feeling. So I'm curious. You know, you felt the one at Urcha. Is it? I use the word substantial. You know, does it does it have some meat to it when you hold you it? Know, does it feel like you're holding something, or does it feel I, like you're holding a Cracker Jack box? I can't tell you because at I wrote it off so quickly that I I feel like I shortchanged it. It's meaty, Dan. Is it? I I held it. It definitely does not feel like an eight FG. I, I'm now, for the record, when I grab an 8FG, I don't feel like I'm going to crush it, like where the plastic bends or anything, but yeah. it is lightweight. It's toy mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah. The Gropner, I held Renee's, and it does not feel light. It feels like a JR. Yeah. To be honest with you, I, hmm. when it comes to radios, I've never felt a radio that felt as good as my 9303. Since the ninety three oh three, you know that's a Dan, pretty common get, theme. Yeah. Actually, did you get to try uh, the XG fourteen, the JR? <sighs> no, that is the first radio. I can't stand those that ones. I've. D- th- that look, not the not the transformer one. I guess I might be thinking of another one, but it seems like all the new JR radios have that transformer look. Well. I, you know, was kind of like, yeah, yeah, on it. Okay, whatever. That is the first radio that I have picked up in, uh, yeah, Dan, I think it's fair to say, like, well, I really enjoyed the feel of the 14SG for me. That felt pretty good. But, I mean, that went right back to my 9503 days where I picked up that XG14, put it in my hands, and if I wasn't down looking at it, it, it actually, it fits so good, it didn't even feel like I was holding anything. Like, there was no part of holding it that stuck out more than the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. You yeah. didn't feel anything here, anything that, it was just flawless. But I quickly flipped through the programming, and it, I mean, yes, I know that it's a more powerful radio. I know that, you know, it, it's a good protocol. They've got the telemetry, but it, the menuing was very similar to a 9503. And I just felt like, man, for the price that they want, I need more. I mean, I I really need... <laughs> I know that it's about function first. I know that it's about fit first. And this goes against everything that we believe in. But it was just flat out missing the wow factor. There was nothing wow about it. Yeah. And... It's hard to spend that much money without any wow. Right. So, yeah, that was my uh that was the first part of the week doing that. Um I decided to against all of my better judgment and I did say all of my better judgment. Uh, I'm going to go back to BECs on the Raptors for what? no apparent oh. reason. Yeah. Dude. Oh, there's an apparent Man. reason. I know. Well, last year, so last year I flew all receiver packs, um, didn't have an issue. I'm switching just because. I mean, I am getting just so... Just because ad- I said, why aren't you flying BECs, dude? Well, I'm so addicted to... God, with these two Raptors, it has turned into... 
convenience. Like everything about these helis is just plug, fly, unplug, fly, plug, fly, unplug, fly. It is perfect. And I, I feel like the BECs are just kind of the icing. I mean, just the icing on the cake. And I, I feel really comfortable, you know, with the Futabas and uh, the experts with running them on a BEC. I've got another set of MKS servos. I'm very comfortable with running those. I'll definitely be putting uh, OptiGuards on both. So when you kind of combine it with that, you know, just not that worried about it. And weight-wise, it puts it right. I, I have fallen in love with this 11.2, 11 11 11.1 to 11.3, that weight on a 700 class. Uh, 14 degrees of pitch at 1950, 1960, somewhere around there. It is just, I love it. Love everything about it. So, Nick, what about, I know a, a while ago you'd mentioned that, you know, on those windier days, having that option to switch out the receiver pack and put on the heavier one. Because on, on the Raptor, isn't the, don't you put the receiver pack right in line with the main shaft so you can easily just put on a heavier one for those windier I, days? Aren't yeah. you going to now lose that? Yep. Yeah, my mine are set up that way. I mount my ESCs up on the nose on the receiver tray in the front, and I do run my receiver packs right in the middle of the X. And yes, that, that is a feature of running them there that was awesome. Um, with, you know, most of the season I've been running the, wow, what were they? I think 1300s, 1300 milliamp receiver packs. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, what? 1300 that's nothing well i mean you know these servos I, i'm not pulling more than 170 milliamps of flight so even on like the super safe side you do three flights and recharge not that bad but it did get a little old gotcha. i bought a couple new ones and i kind of was like well i would like to go a little bit bigger just to get away from the every three flights because i was kind of you know, getting a little burned out on plug and unplug, plug and unplug all the time. Um, so I did pick up a couple 2100 milliamp OptiPowers. Those put me right at 11.3 pounds, I think, right right there. Mm. And I flew them like that, flew great. It's right about as heavy as I would normally want to fly it. So, yeah, Jesse, going, I do lose that. And with... yeah. With the BECs, it puts me at about 11.1, .1, which is on the light end of what I would like to fly. So, uh, you know, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm trying it. How about that? I'm going to try it and find out if the good outweighs the bad. I'm, I'm not convinced yet, but we shall mm -hmm. see. I think it all gotcha. comes down to the convenience. Yeah, and I completely agree. Um I can tell you it's not convenient to replace all of your electronics when a BEC <laughs> fails and wipes them all out. Yeah, but we've <laughs> talked about that. First of all, you have really shitty luck with anything that has electricity flowing through it. Yep. And and second of and all... And you recommended he put BECs? <laughs> well, yeah but, yeah, but he's got, I mean, receiver packs yeah. too, right? But, I mean, yeah. something's going to go wrong, Yeah. you know? Yeah. At the end of the day, the the chances are really low, but people still win the lottery and Nick happens to be that person. Anyway, uh <laughs> you know, 
the 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 probability that the B, you're going to have another BEC problem is probably really low. Now, if it does happen, we will laugh and ridicule you on the air. Thank but <laughs> but we will feel bad because yeah, you did lose an entire helicopter worth of electronics well, last time, right? I don't I don't feel like the the BECs uh, of now um of this era they really don't seem to have the failure point of passing full input voltage in. Those were, you know, the old castle yeah. BECs were notorious for it. Um, I had a Western Robotics do it. But again, at the time when it happened last year, I was shocked. But then I found out later that that was even a super old Western Robotics that had been revised. Uh, I mean... And was a year and a half after the revision. So, yeah, I think it's fair what you're saying. I, I probably don't have very big, very big of a chance. Of I having mean, an sort of the only downside I can see is not being able. Well, you can still do it, but you, you doing setup on the bench, right? You got to plug in a flight pack now or use, uh, you know, your OptiGuard or you can just have a, an empty slot that you can plug an RX pack into. Yeah, I've been keeping a, I've been keeping a 6S, you know, just a single old one that I had retired, uh, sitting up on the bench for ESC setup because I've been messing around with ESC so much. And uh, by the way, great tip. Uh, when I was watching one of the Mr. Mel videos, you know, he never plugs full 10S or 12S in on the bench. He's always got a little jumper and then just plugs one 6S pack. And his reasoning for that is I, I don't need to spin it at full 12S. You know, I might need to go and check motor output, make sure I'm getting 100% or hundred percent throttle, make sure that the governor is working. But you don't have to have a 12S flight pack in to check that. Uh, make sure the bailout works, that sort of a thing. So I've been doing that a lot more, and it's sure is nice. I still do not like spooling up a 700 with blades off on the bench. It's just, I mean, it's screaming at you and really spinning. So, okay. So let's see. Did the radio. Went to the BECs. Got, I, I did a Hobby King order. Got my wires and my connectors stocked up. We're going to start hacking servo wires, man. No more of this long wadded up stuff. I don't care. Uh, amen to that, brother. Yeah, short and clean. <laughs> I don't care anymore. I mean, the Futabas, they're not going to come out of that one. The experts, and eh, maybe I might pull them out, but oh well, whatever. I'm going to shorten all the leads on it. I'm tired of excess wire. Hmm. And then, hmm. so I'm having a conversation with this guy. You know, I put a post up on Facebook for all this. Those who saw, I've been talking about maybe getting rid of the blade. You know, I, I just, it, it's kind of lost a little bit of a wow factor for me, but then I go fly it and I go, oh my God, I forgot how great this thing flies. Um, I have really been wanting a, something smaller in the 500 class range, put up a want to trade post, got a couple of replies. Thank you for those who did, but just, you know. Didn't find anything that I was really like, ooh, wowed over. And this guy that I know that's got a Goblin 500 was like, dude, I'll <laughs> trade you. 
What a coincidence. Like, yeah, I know. Kind of weird, it's, huh? It's, uh, Crazy. That was pretty funny. Dan, was you were instantaneous. Like, dude, I'll trade you straight across. <laughs> I mean, just instantly. He didn't even flinch. And it was weird because, you know, I never thought about it. I never even, I just, I don't know. I, I mean, it makes sense. I, as soon as you said it, I'm like, oh, God, he'd be slobbering to get another 700 instead of that little thing. Uh-huh. But it was kind of exactly what I was looking for and the way we've got them set up both on icons it was like geez I could literally just like I'm even going to leave the batteries on the trays that I hadn't just (laughs) and and the deal breaker for Dan this was the best this was what made the trade possible his first comment was dude I don't even have to take it apart (laughs) Oh yeah, I'm in. Like that was it. So let's see, two days ago or day ago, I sent Dan a text. I'm like, okay, I thought about it, and yeah, I think I'm uh I'm game for that. You know, do you think what are your plans this weekend? Let's set up a time, you know, when we can get them shipped out about the same time or whatever. Does would Monday work? And you know, I knew he's been so busy, so I wasn't gonna push it. Uh, and I never got a reply, which, for the record, is typical Dan. <laughs> you never hear back for days or whatever. And then today I'm at work, <laughs> and I, t- I get this text. It's like, what's your address? I lost it when uh, when we swapped phones. Oh, okay. I hadn't even put two and two together. I just thought you were, I don't know, updating your contacts maybe or something. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, next text was, here's your tracking number. It's like, oh, okay, I guess we're trading. Okay. <laughs> well, there was a reason. There was a mm-hmm. actually a, I was hoping it would go down a little bit different. And I saw the text, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to surprise the shit out of Nick with this one because, I mean, we all remember the, the nitro. Uh, well, like, like what? I mean. You, you eventually had to physically come and get it out of my trail. Yes, that's correct. So I was like, all right, so, okay, this, this deal's on, right? So, and I was thinking, and I've got Nick's address in my phone. So my, I was hoping that I wasn't even going to even respond or even acknowledge, and just one day it would just show up at your house, and you'd be like, what the, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was getting ready to uh, take it in to get it to the pick, packing place, and I'm like, Fuck, I'm gonna have to ask him his his address. So eh, it is what it is. I actually got it sent out within two two days. I'm impressed with that. I'm floored with that. <laughs> so yeah. I'm excited. Well, I'm not shipping yours out till Monday. Nah, I'm alright t- right with tell that. You that. Yeah. Eh, no biggie there. I, I yeah. know I know you'll get to it. <laughs> yeah yeah i will no i'm i'm actually really excited i i think that the i think that you are just gonna love that heli love yeah. the way that it flies and i'm excited to have uh a smaller heli to fly yeah it's funny because i actually have i mean i was thinking because i put it in the trunk of my car and i'm like wow this is a this this is and that's the reason i bought it because i used to fly it at work at lunch as we all remember, I, when I was working mm-hmm. at that shithole that I used to work at. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, um, 
you know, I almost, whenever I go to the field, I, I just like, well, I guess I better get a flight in on the 500. So I just put everything in a box, batteries, and I, the receiver's still on it. <laughs> I didn't take a damn thing off of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Nice. So it's ready to fly. All you have to do is uh, charge a battery up and put it on your uh, 8FG. Yeah. So oh, around. it'll be on the Gropner. Well, yeah, I figured that. But in the meanwhile, you can put it on your, until you get your Gropner figured out. Of course, it'll be there the same day, Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Oh, Christmas. <laughs> Finally, I got rid of the 500. <laughs> You've been trying to get rid of that thing. <laughs> or... You know, actually, I don't know how serious I was about wanting to get because I actually had some really good offers. Um Last fall, I had an offer for a brand new uh, Align DFC electric. Like ready to fly for ready to fly? Uh, kit, unopened. Oh, just a uh, meh. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, and that's, I don't know. I just was like, eh. But no, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. So does that wrap up uh, everybody's week then? Everybody, uh... uh, so no one. Oh, well, I'll give an update. I got. I'm at five hundred and nineteen. Damn it! Well, that's all right. Justin's still getting the scrotum trophy. Yeah, but we've known that for months. We we've have. known that since the beginning. We have. It's just it's really still fun to tell you every week. <laughs> But it's still- <laughs> it's okay. I'm I'm still gonna come closer to my goal than you guys will. Oh, this is a this is some internal like thing that Justin's got going on to help help himself. Yeah, deal to justify. With it. It's a coping yeah. mechanism. Wait a minute. Where are you at now? Three ten. You have a hundred and ninety flights. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Per- Percentage so. wise. You have three hundred and or two hundred and eighty-one flights, dude. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're any closer than I am. I don't feel that way anyway. To hell with your math. <laughs> <laughs> Logic and reason will get well, you nowhere. Jesse's not going to come anywhere close. So that's something that we can all take uh, comfort in. Yeah, I'm not even considering this. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, just <laughs> just shift it if you want. That's that's fine. Justin. This this angle you you're taking, take Justin. In that. I'm not with yeah, I'm the not, trophy. <laughs> I'm not even considering this angle that you that you're pushing upon us. It will comfort you in your trophy. Oh, I'm not pushing it on you. That is it. <laughs> I would like you to get one of those uh, like uh, golf club driver uh, covers for it. So that when it's out at the field with you, you can put that over the top and it doesn't get cold. No, yeah, dude. No one I will wants display that nutsack proudly. The uh, I'm going to put it on the front so, of my car. Have we have we sourced out a trophy, yet, Justin? I I did. I don't I don't think so. But Justin, I I did get a deer this last week, and boy was I tempted. Oh, <laughs> dude, that would have oh, been say. awesome. <laughs> Why didn't you? Oh, that would have been great. (laughs) Oh, I just shivered. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, hunting season is coming up here. It's uh, rifle season starts uh, here in Montana, I guess, the end of October. So I can probably make mm-hmm. that happen if you wanted me to, Justin. I Yeah, I think I – but I need something a little bit bigger than a deer. How about an elk? Yeah, an elk or a moose scrotum. <laughs> a moose scrotum. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Probably, we could probably Bet buy you one could, of those. You could fashion that into, like, a helmet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now now, oh, we're, now yeah, we need to go into the news. Definitely. Yeah, it's, t- it's time for yeah. the news. <laughs> we got news this week, right? Yep. Why do you always sound so surprised? I just, it's my thing. It's my well, There was that one, that one week you missed, you know, where it kind of went south. I so. Yeah. I so heard. He's been nervous now. <laughs> you A lot of us out there are starting to dabble in those which shall remain unnamed. Our friends Patrick and Leslie over at KDE Direct have taken their industry-leading standard to the UAV market. Personally, I've flown the 4014 XF 380KV brushless motor in many of my own multirotors, and as I expected, they just don't disappoint. Dynamically balanced bells, upper magnet retaining rings, and optimized stator design are just a few of the design aspects that make KDE a true industry leader. I suggest you head over to kdedirect.com and make it yours. All right, guys, this week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. Who's got the news? I got the news. It's update week. Uh, Speaking of JR radios, for those of you with uh, XG, the XG11MV, and the XG8, uh, we've got a software update out. Just kind of some small bugs. Uh, I did think it was kind of funny that they added a three-axis gyro menu to the planker models how about that they're, they're doing that shit dude absolutely they are of course because it flies better it's like uh welcome to the last five years guys <laughs> um <laughs> all right align g pro update out for that as well to deal with uh ios 8 crashing bug i guess that thing would just kind of disconnect and crash in the app so we've got that update out. AccuRC, for those of you guys with the SIM, version 1.3 update. Uh, that one is now out for download. The five uh, of you. Kind of a, the five of you. What's that? that? The five of you that have that SIM. The v- <laughs> uh, ooh, All from hey. the UK. <laughs> First on the list, improved graphics and physics. Hmm. Yeah, whole hmm. uh, fly barless bailout functionality, flight mode hmm. switching using a channel. Oh man, big! Wow. Whatever MP- happened to Dieter trying this out? I don't know. Uh, Did he I, ever I don't, get a copy? I don't, or? don't think so. I don't think so. I uh, I don't know. Hey, you know what though? Huh. For all the agile people, they added a whole new model. They added the seven point two, and you know. To, to give them a little bit of credit at AccuRC, the process that goes into adding a model, holy crap. I mean, it's not like you just do a different canopy. They completely go through. I mean, these are uh, huge labor-intensive in- operations to get the models updated. So anytime that there is a, a whole new model put out, you know, the time that went into it, it took 
Good for them. I'm curious if they've got a lot. Have of you guys them. tried it? No, I, I have. still have not. Tried I have. It. No, Dan, I have not. I tried it at Urcha. I heard it was very buggy. It at was Urcha. not good at Urcha. See, I, mm. I feel like there is. It's either got it or it doesn't, and I feel like I've got faith in it. If it's if it if it's got that good feel. And it looks great, and it works. But okay, maybe it crashes. Maybe there's some really weird visual bugs that randomly happen. Those can be fixed out. Yeah, I mean, they can update those and get them out of there. But you can't really either. You know how to make it fly right, or you don't when you design it. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but you don't sim. At all. No, I don't, but... <laughs> but <laughs> meh, anyway? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> meh. I, I'm not... I, I mean, I, I would like to try it, but I'm I'm still not, not bought into the whole tweaking and tuning deal on the sim. I agree, man. I, I gotta tell you, I, I just want to turn on the sim and, and sim and not spend... I mean, only if it's only if it's quicker and easier to do and more intuitive than the I think the non-intuitive parameters that we've all discussed on Real Flight and Phoenix. Yeah, but see, there's yeah. there's people out there to make shit for you that flies good with those others. <laughs> That's are. how Dan rolls. So you know what's the point? Well, you know what, dude? I agree with you a hundred percent. Let the pioneers take the air. I don't have time John. to mess with that crap. Yeah, you know, you say that, but then in uh, on like, you know, December fifth, when you haven't f- flown in like a month and it's just been nothing but rain, dude. I would care. Who cares? I mean, I'll spend three, four hours tweaking a sim model just if it makes me gives me the feeling like I'm actually flying. Yeah, I just it, that's just not that doesn't work for me. I know you would, but that's because you like to spend time tweaking on everything. If I'm spending that that's much time in front me. of a computer, it's for it's for good porn. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, in oh, that man. case, um, do you guys remember uh, Justin? I don't know if you'd remember. But Dan, I know you would. Okay. You remember flight power batteries? Oh, I, do. I remember I absolutely. them, dude. They were It's only been like 2 years. Uh, no, but they were yeah. they were the rage like 5 years ago. They were the Yeah, they were the rage when like the T-Rex 600 ESP came out yeah. or the 600 came out. Like the first one, the 600 what was it? 600 CF, the one with the silver the silver frames. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That big ass fly bar and the like the silverish or no, the, the greenish shit colored boom. Oh yeah. And the green yeah. <laughs> heads and plastic a half of everything and, and the battery yeah. that sat up at an angle on the nose. Yep. That was the flight power. And they were like five hundred bucks a piece. <laughs> All I wanna know is what how they perform. <laughs> just, just okay pass the whatever well 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 seriously we've talked about this with batteries 
I know, but I, I think it's cool that they actually made a point to say, hey, okay, we are back. How did they Focusing come back? On- did somebody invest in them? Because I heard they went under, went under. I mean, like literally went out of business. I, I don't know. So they've got the flight power receiver packs for receivers. Then they've got 25, 30, 50, and 70C packs. Oh, yeah, 70C. Right, Justin? Color-coded. Mm, oh, so yeah. 50C. Mm. Color-coded for easy identification. <laughs> Are they shit Frank around? Noel. Frank Knoll, we're talking to you, sir. Are they uh, flight power team manager? Let's see the data. Are, send some to Justin <laughs> if you're listening, and have him uh, run him through his test. Yeah. Hey, are they are they color coordinated? Are they are they shit brown like they used to be? I I don't. Yeah, that I do they that. are. Damn. Well, it's not <laughs> that, brown. It's kind of like the, the burnt dirty shit orange. Brown orange. Yeah, yeah exactly. Shit Danish burnt orange. Dirty orange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> burnt sienna. Sienna, Sienna. It's a crayon uh, color right there. I don't That's, believe 70C. Sorry. Uh, no, God, no. Of course not. But, Dan, you know what? It doesn't matter because someone out there does, and they're going to spend the money on it. Yeah. <laughs> so get this, They're going to get them. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. So cell tabs and balancing leads now featuring ultrasonic welds for stronger lasting connections has upgraded their own connectors as well. Most packs now feature the popular XH connector for balancing and the innovative star plug for power delivery. It's a high efficiency plug with a clever design that makes heat shrink tubing (laughs) obsolete. Just snap it into place over the solder joint and you're done. There's more good news. The Flight Power Limited warranty has been extended to two full years. The star plug is a Dean's with a plastic <laughs> cover on it. <laughs> yes, it is. No way. Click no on their website, dude. Come on. How dirty is that? <laughs> 70 <laughs> through a Dean's. <laughs> I'm appalled. <laughs> you have offended Justin, Flight Power. Justin is offended. Well, look, that's what it says. Go to their website. It's No, the, it is. It is a black mm-hmm. Deans. Black Deans. That snaps. With like a, yeah. Now, I yeah. like the snappy bit. That's kind of cool because I've always hated that I have to do the little heat shrink deal on the Deans. But there are a lot of other things I hate about Dean's, so I just avoid them altogether. Who does Dean's connectors anymore? I haven't used Dean's in probably three years. Huh. You know what other, speaking of connectors that I hate, XT60s. I hate those connectors. I'd hate them. I I just hate them. You know what I hate about them? I hate soldering them because they're already in the casing. Oh, yeah. You know, if you if you hmm. mess up and you get things too hot, which occasionally happens when you're soldering, yeah, you ain't never plugging that son of a bitch into another <laughs> ever again. Wires <laughs> just got a little bit shorter. <laughs> That's right. Oh, uh, now look at this. Look at this. Hold on a second. Did you read this bit about the cycle performance? Flight power packs routinely deliver Uh like new performance after 100, 200, 
300 cycles or more. Huh. Is it 100, 200, or 300? (laughs) Or does it depend on which assembly line they come off of? (laughs) Yeah. What do you think, Justin? I don't know. (laughs) What do you think, Dan? I think we we should buy a set and have you go through the data with them and then mock them relentlessly. You should give them a report on, on, I think you guys got your labels wrong. Here's what you need to write on there. Truth in advertising, mister. Truth in advertising. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly true. Well, it's funny that, that you bring that up because our buddy Mark was like, dude, I bit the bullet. I bought Thunder Power Packs. Oh, why? Check oh. out check out the the C rating on these bad boys. These are my IRs, and so I calculate the numbers. It was like it's a three S twenty two hundred, right? But it's supposed to be like a a seventy C G eight blah 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 whatever. Probably costs like one hundred and fifty bucks, and it it came in at like twenty one C after ten break in. So did you mock him? Did you make fun of him a little bit? I actually kind of felt bad because I was pretty, I was pretty short with him. I was like, "Dude, bring that shit back." He bought it at the hobby shop, well, like a local hobby shop. Good for him for supporting a local hobby shop. That's true. Look yeah. at Nick turning yeah. it around. Yeah, that's the sandwich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, but you know, Justin, in order to get the seventy C. Yes. Out of this, these uh, flight power packs, mm-hmm. you are gonna have to run the polarized star plug, because I'm sure that's where the magic actually is. Happens. That true? Is that how it works? Oh, I don't know. I'm just. You think it that up. it can handle it? What What are we talking here? It's God, like no, a, I don't think it can handle it. Are you kidding can you me? Push three hundred that many amps through there. Next voice got next voice got amazingly high right there. I don't know if you guys noticed that through a deans. Yeah. Yep. I I well you can for a second. You probably could. Amps burst through a dean. Make it. But you can only charge it at three C, Nick. Make it happen. But you can only charge it at three (laughs) C. I'm just reading the label. Um, Comes with a free ice hmm. pack, a little ice pack sleeve. Something's not lining lining up here. (laughs) Huh? That's that's awesome. (laughs) <laughs> uh, wow someone's gonna buy well, it. someone's gonna buy into it i don't think a damn person is gonna you don't think so no well we started this with like the the sort of rosy omg flight powers back well it's because they're it a blast did, from the past out all well, but, well i mean yeah and that that would have been great like just come out with a good solid yeah, don't 30C come, pack don't, that's 30C and, yeah. you know. Don't be telling don't me you got a 150C amps, 150Cs, and you're, you know, don't don't tell me that. Just come out with a Yeah, don't tell pack. me that. <laughs> don't put a damn Dean's plug on the side of it and call it a, a innovative star plug. I mean, come on. There's a reason you went out of business the first time. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> Well, let's just uh, Bam. Let's, uh, <laughs> just like let's, let's cross flight power off the list of potential sponsors ever. Yeah. Oh, jeez. 
Wow, that's rough, Nick. I was starting to feel bad about about my side of things, but you just that was the nail in the coffin. Apparently, yeah, was they it. sold off the company the Done first deal. time, though they couldn't get anyone to buy the shitty orange plastic. <laughs> Because they, they need didn't to use it all up. The color of their <laughs> they didn't use it. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I got nothing now. Now I feel like we should probably stop. News of the week. <laughs> News, <laughs> News of the week brought to you by Flight Power Batteries. <laughs> Any other news? No, no. Justin, Jesse? Nope. None here. So, I can't believe nobody brought this up. But the, uh, you know, we mentioned it last week. The 91AC document? Yes. Yeah. Turns out Mm -hmm. that was a little bit of a faux pas on the FAA side. Yeah, they they decided that that was not meant to be released. And that was just not, uh, you know. So there was a mistake there, but, yes. uh, but we all know what it was. It wasn't a mistake. It was completely intentional. They just wanted to let everybody know what their intentions are. You know, they don't, the FAA doesn't make mistakes like that. No, they did it. And then they no. saw what happened and they decided they would pull it back. I have never seen. Well, no. Okay. I live in the United States, so I can't <laughs> say that. This is just one more group of and of, of people that just incompetent absolutely astound me week after week with the ass hattery and the i mean douchebaggery the douchebaggery <laughs> the lack of organization the, the shittacularness the shittacularness <laughs> i mean they just it's like they want to control everything but they know no one wants them to but yet they think they're cooler. They're way cooler than they are. And, you know, I, man, I am really for someone organizing some reasonable laws, making sure that everything's safe, having people that are going to do this commercially have some sort of in, insurance coverage. I'm, I mean, I'm so for that. But you could not cock it up more than they have. Yeah. <laughs> and did you guys see the... Uh... Yeah. Did you guys see the document that, and I, it was a letter to one of the uh, production companies uh, that obviously wrote a fat check, right? Uh, the requirements of, of the pilot. Did you guys see that document? It was posted on Facebook by somebody. No, uh, I didn't. What did that dude, say? Mm-mm. This thing is like 37 bullets of requirements. Now, I, I skim through it because it's all bullshit for the most part. But there is one or two, a couple things that really caught my attention. Uh, I don't know much about pilots' license. Um, so I didn't really, you know, research too much into it. But apparently, to be an approved UAV pilot, you have to have a commercial a commercial pilot license. Or a private, a private pilot license, oh I think. And I don't know about the levels of DOT physicals for the thing, but they said something about a level three, and one pilot commented and said, well, you know, I don't know if you guys know what that means, but apparently if you've ever had a, if you've ever been to a therapist, 
if you've ever had any type of medical issue, they will pull the level three from you. What? Yeah. So Wait, get this. What is this? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is this is this law or is this what they're trying no, to this make is, a law? This is they gave the certificate of uh of authorization to those companies, those those production companies. So they could fly their UAVs on their lots. Okay, for filming. Mm-hmm. And in that letter was the list of requirements for them to abide by to maintain their certificate of authorization. In that list of requirements were two of the things that I just mentioned. So let's think about this for a minute. Um, I, I completely can understand how maybe the FAA would want someone who wants to do this, at the very least, um, complete a ground school. The ground school portion of the pilot's license, which is essentially you know, reading the book on how airspace is done and and how you know the rules and regulations and then taking a written test to prove you understand the material what in the hell is the point of making somebody who wants to become a commercial uav pilot go all the way through the portion where they actually have to get in a goddamn plane and fly it for 40 hours is that really what they're saying yeah that is asinine yeah. And on top of that, and so what they're doing is on top of that, so the certificate of authorization, they're saying you have to be actually have a pilot's license to fly a UAV on the ground, right? Line of sight. Then what they're doing is they're threatening these guys. If you don't abide by these standards, we will pull your pilot's license. So... <laughs> so for me to fly a multi-rotor under this under their guidelines, I have to have a commercial pilot's license. And then you have to log your flights and your maintenance and you have to keep track of your just just as you would on a full-scale machine. You have to report any incidents. Uh let's say let's say a prop broke or one of your something happened and your machine went into a failsafe. And it did its little spinny return to home thing. You have to file an incident report with the FAA. Oh yeah, I'm sure Forget they'll get it, right dude. on that. Just it's it's over. Yeah, that's, <laughs> if that's the way that's they're going to do it, forget it. They, they dude, they, look, they can say that shit all they want, but they are never going to stop it. They're never going to stop it. It's too late. It's just too late. Man. But here's the deal. Commercial side of stuff, uh, commercial stuff aside, this will affect hobbyists in some fashion and probably a pretty big way. So, you know, we've been harping on it for months uh, to a year and a half. Uh, Now's the, I mean, we've been saying it. Now's the time to get involved. I mean, we said it a year and a half ago. Uh, we mean it now. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got Everybody needs to be paying attention to this because this is going to affect your hobby. That's all there is to it. Um, 
So much, in fact, that as most of you guys know, I'm involved in the UAV industry at this point in my career. We're actually thinking about moving operations outside of the United States because of this. Well, let's... uh, Oh, Canada. We got a couple options. Canada's (laughs) one. Mexico's one. Uh, It's just a fact of life, dude. This this industry is so is going to be so big that there are plenty of other markets out there. It it would be a shame to not be able to do business in the United States, uh, but there are plenty of other markets around the world who are embracing this shit, and yep. we will just go to them. It's that simple. So we can either come to some agreement, make this happen, and and generate a huge, re- a tremendous revenue stream for the government through taxes and licensing and all that other bullshit that they're going to do. Or they can just put their head in the sand and, and make up some arbitrary rules that make it so nobody could do it. And then all these operators, all these startups will just go elsewhere. Jobs. All those jobs will be lost. All of them. So I'm more than willing to move out of the country if I have to for this. So... Wow, man, pretty crazy, man. Yeah, it's getting it's getting nuts. So keep you know keep keep your keep your ear to the to the tracks, as it were, and and listen, listen for what's happening. Get involved when you can, and j- just pay attention and know what's happening. So when it's time for you to speak up, you can. Uh, but they're not stopping it. They might think they're going to stop it, but they're just going to hinder it for the United States and and. Uh, all the other countries of the world who are embracing it and uh, dealing with it instead of just being assholes about it. That's where all the business will go. So, and that's all I got for news. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it is what it is. Mm, some heated topics tonight. Yeah. It's just a bunch of bullshit. So tired of this. So tired of this government. It's just re- getting ridiculous. But anyway, no news, Jesse. Nothing from from. Jeez, uh, man, Do you, are you even involved no with news. Compass anymore? I mean, what, I mean, you know. Oh, where's no, the just kinda, Kronos? Just kind of hanging out yeah, on I the mean, fringe. It was supposed to just be kind of hanging out like, on the fringe. Like Eighteen weeks ago. Yeah, what's going on? I thought it. Well, I was told twenty four weeks ago. So you know, we're in the same boat there. CST, but man. CST. No, nah, no, no Compass news. It's you it's know, top secret. Can't talk about it. Compass Standard Time. You'll you'll find out in due time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know how we work. (laughs) Justin, nothing? Nothing. Alrighty, guys. This week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. You know, there aren't many companies that can honestly say they offer a complete spectrum of helis from beginner all the way to expert. Well, Blade Helicopters can not only make that claim, but they can most certainly back it up. Whether you're looking for your first collective pitch heli, like maybe the 200 SRX with self-leveling safe technology, or you're ready to step up and play with the big boys and get the 700X Pro Series, you'll be sure to find a blade heli that will fit your skill level and budget. From little kids to big kids, Blade's got something for you. So fly on over to www.bladehelis.com for more information. 
So, servos. Yeah, I use them. What of it? We kind of all do. Do we? I feel like probably. One more. I think so. I'm waiting for wire, wireless servos. When, when are we going? When are we going to get some wireless servos? That would be amazing. That would be. Yeah. That would take crashing to a Just, whole new level. <laughs> so, what is it about servos that uh, we felt was topic worthy tonight? Well, I had uh, was kind of sitting there myself when I was, you know, looking, thinking about this BEC switch and. You know, okay, well, you know, amperage draw, this and that. And then I was looking up some specs on speed, and I kind of stumbled upon this. Oh, yeah, that's right. Brushless. Coreless. You know what? When I sat down, I could honestly tell you that I did not know what coreless actually meant. <laughs> and then it, it, it seems to be kind of a... You know, this is like a Ford and Chevy thing. Mm -hmm. Coreless, is that better? Well, what about brushless? Is that better? You know, Bert has expressed that he loves coreless servos. Uh, I've heard other people say they'll only run brushless. So, you know, what are they? What are the differences? Uh, what do we think we might care about when it comes to the differences? And then which one do you want to run? So... I would like to uh, get the kind of the hardcore technical rundown uh, description from Mr. Pucci over here. I know that he will do a better job at it than I will. So, Justin, could you explain to us uh, what a coreless what is what does coreless actually mean? Well, before I explain it, I, I want to take you up on an, an item that you just mentioned. I don't think it's a Ford versus Chevy thing. Maybe no? that will become more apparent as we talk tonight. Okay. That's right. that's that's my take on it. Okay. All right. But basically the the main difference between a coreless and a non-coreless servo or a coreless and a non-coreless motor, which is is really what we're talking about here cuz servos are driven by motors. It's just a huge gear reduction drive in there with the potentiometer for position control. Is that a coreless motor does not have a solid core. And so what does that mean? When we look at a standard DC motor, brushed or brushless, the classical design is an in-runner, right? The outrunners that we use on helicopters are are not what we would be used to seeing if we went back 10 or 15 years and looked at some of the electrics that maybe you've seen on an RC car or a boat or even an older aircraft. The 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 in-runner motors is is the design type that's used in our servos and what that basically means is instead of with an outrunner having a central stator where the wires are wound and the magnets are on the outside and that outer can spins, we have the opposite. We have the wires wound on the outside, the stator, and the inside rotor is what spins, okay? 
the the standard brushless servos that we talk about have a solid core to them, a solid iron core, meaning if you were to cut it in half, you wouldn't see any airspace in there. Okay, a coreless motor has a reduced cross section of iron and is designed slightly differently such that the rotor still spins in the center. Um, but it is the biggest difference is that because it doesn't have a solid core, it's lighter weight. And what that basically translates to in terms of practical performance is that the coreless motors, coreless motors will typically accelerate to full speed quicker. So when we talk about the speed over a 60, 60 degree portion of servo travel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yep. um, they will tend to be slightly lighter weight overall because the core is not a solid iron core. Won't now, they, is it rumor that not only will they accelerate slightly faster, but they'll actually slow down quicker as well? Yeah, absolutely. They have they have less inertia. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's less, less mass. Less, less mass yeah. means less inertia, which means it doesn't take as much force to change the motion to slow it down or speed it up. That that is the that's yep. the basic idea. Okay. Now, brushless. I, I don't think we really need to. We don't need to go too crazy over a brushless servo because it really is the same concept as all the motors that we are all flying in our electrics at this point. The older servos were brushed. I mean, they literally had brushes in them. So, you know, when it comes down to inherently with anything brushed, um, it has a lifespan on it. That is not, that is, it's actually, it's a mechanical lifespan. The brushes will wear out the more that you use it. I mean, do you guys have an opinion on what that number is? Well, at this point, it probably would be nothing but speculation because I don't have hard data. Yeah. But but the argument I'm going to make is that we're talking about a very tiny motor. Okay. So the the kind of loads that are being put on this motor uh, uh, is, and the the temperature that it's going to see at full operation probably does not lend itself to significant wear on the brushes like you would expect if you used to do old school car racing with brushed motors. Yeah. I mean, there are people I mean, you, you race those things and you can change out a set of brushes every race or every couple of races depending on what it was that you were doing yeah this is a lot smaller of a motor uh and and i i don't think you deal with that and it's more than opinion it's backed up with fact because we've got some really well-known servos nick not just the bk right that are coreless and that a lot of people probably didn't know were coreless the jr 8717s yeah are coreless brushed servos yep and i know for a fact i've seen uh kyle doll post up i mean and dave talk about it and say you know what 
we changed them out at 1500 flights for 1500 flights for no other reason other than we were just like just because i feel like i feel nervous yeah, yeah, they're just starting time. to get yeah. nervous, but they well, had no actual reason. So, and the only problem that they ever ran into was that they didn't have hardened metal gears, and so they would develop slop. But that has nothing to do with the motor at all. That's with correct. Mo- yeah, with the motor technology. Now, I think the one big difference that is noticeable going to uh, brushless is the power consumption. Because I think we can all agree, you go back to those brushed ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've flown eighty-seven seventeens. I've had, you know, the the original Align six tens. Man, those suckers were power hungry. I mean, they sucked some serious yeah. milliamps per flight, big time. Well, yeah, and- but I would I would completely counter that with the BKs. I'm pulling 175 milliamps per flight with the BK servo. So here's the thing: there's a lot of there are a lot of different ways that you can design a coreless rotor. Okay, and so it comes down to the design of the rotor, the type of wire, the size of the wire. The reason why core one of the reasons why corelesses tend to run or at least historically have tend to run higher powers like you said nick is because of the fact that it now does not have a uh, it does not have a significant amount of metal in the actual motor core that would have otherwise sunk mm-hmm. the heat away ah. right and so now i've got a situation where i don't have a really good way to get this thing cooled off and in something as small as a servo motor you don't have any air cooling like you would in a in a you know a brushless outrunner with the little centrifugal fan and and so what that means is the the more you work this thing the warmer it gets and the warmer it gets the higher the resistance the windings are and also another thing to add back in those days with the bell cranks if you're if you didn't have your setup good it was constantly overworking the servo as well. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. very good point mm-hmm. too. Oh very yeah, easy to do to to get your setup incorrect and then not really realize it, yep. but just the servo's fighting itself all the time. Constant. So it, yeah. Would it be fair to say that a properly designed coreless servo could overcome the the negative theories of a brushless servo being less efficient? Is that what you're saying? I th- I think that if it's designed correctly and it is built into a case that is designed correctly, i.e. Yeah. all metal with good sinking of the motor to the case, then nowadays you're not going to see a difference. I've personally run coreless and brushless before, and the ones that I've run, I've not noticed any any measurable difference in power consumption or heat so maybe maybe yep. with these the more modern ones it's just not as much of an issue anymore that would be my guess now I still i mean again the going back to the ford and chevy i claim it's not a ford and chevy argument because depending on what your requirements are it's going to point you in one direction or another 
for people who either don't know about the details we just went over or don't care, which that's fair, you can you can do that too. It may it may look like a Ford or a Chevy. And sometimes people just have strong opinions one way or another. Maybe someone got burnt figuratively by using cordless servos in the past or brushless. So what what do you head towards? Yeah. I mean, do you automatically pick one over the other? Period. End of story. I do not. No. The the uh, the cordless servos, if they're available to me, and they're in the right size range and torque and speed range, then sure I'll pick those up. But I don't go out of my way because, as we all know. In today's market, brushless probably beats out cordless three or four to one, right? There, there, there aren't nearly as many cordless options as brushless. And so you kind of just need to go with what makes the most sense for your application. Cordless tend to be cheaper. Yes, there you go. Because the brushless design is a little bit more complex and relies on some different design and manufacturing practices. So that, you know, that can play a role in it. But hmm. on, I mean, on on my end, um, flying MKS servos, MKS has a couple of coreless designs and I've flown those. They're great. They are affordable, but they tend to be at least the ones that that I've flown are ultra, ultra torquey. And they're a big, beefy servo. The cases are a little bit taller than a standard brushless, than even the standard MKS brushless. And so that, in my mind, that limits the applications that I would use them in. But mm-hmm. they're amazing servos. Well, I think the BKs are, I mean, that's a great example. Absolutely. Because they're the yeah. originals. Now, I mean, they have some brushless out or coming out now. I don't remember. They're out. They're out. Okay. The originals, yep. they were not brushless. Or it was had no problem nope. saying, no, they're not. And they work just great cordless. Uh, the prices yep. are 100 bucks a piece, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, very affordable. Super fast. Uh I mean that that kind of almost says like, well, do you really need brushless when you have servos like that out there? Um, I guess then comes the the big question, and I've man, I have ran into this myself. I'm sitting here looking at two servos uh, by the same manufacturer, similarly spec'd, okay, and one's plastic case front, plastic back versus the all aluminum. Where, at at what point do you say, I need the all aluminum versus I'm okay with the plastic case ones? Curious to see what your guys' opinion on that is. Mm, I don't, for me, I don't look, I don't, uh, I don't have a preference. Neither Uh, do I. I, um... Depends if you can see the servo in the I mean, helicopter. It, exactly. Go for the, the exactly. <laughs> well. No, I, I agree. I, I think that. I think they look good, man. The the aluminum no. servos. Look the, good. I, I do think they look They're better. They're heavy, yeah. man. I mean, nowadays we're and yeah, well, people make that fussy noise, but nowadays they're getting up there. 
I mean, yeah. some of those all-metal servos are yeah, like 70 grams each. Flying helicopters that put out 13 horsepower. No, that's that's very fair, but yeah. I, pl- I still play the weight game. I play the weight game. It is important. You know how many people I've talked to that, about, well, I just, how are you, you know, like, what? You're not, you're not weighing yours properly. Mine weighs this much. And all of those little, ah, eh, who cares? They really add up, you know, 50, yeah. 50 grams of servo versus 70 grams over four servos. That's I mean, 80 grams. That's 80 grams. Exactly. I've never weighed a helicopter of my own. Well, okay. Yeah. So we're on different sides of the spectrum, <laughs> but the, that's fair. I mean, and, that and, and that's that's yeah. part of the game. It's what what is it that you look for? They're powerful. I personally enough. look for. I look for well construction wise. I, I look for how heavy are they, mainly what their height is, okay, and then the type of spline that they have. I think that's fair. I, I don't. Yeah. I have always gone towards the plastic case uh, for no other reason, reason other than economical. Well, now, when you say plastic, Nick, you're not talking about all plastic. No, not all plastic. You're talking about plastic sandwiching a piece of aluminum, right? That's correct. Yeah. Just top. Yeah, okay, that's just what top most of mine are as well, and they work perfectly fine. Yeah. Yep. Now, I mean, if they were the same price, would I pick the pl- plastic fronts? Probably not, um, because you know some of the heat sink designs on the newer ones is is are awesome. Not to mention, like <laughs> I mean, Jesse said, the, why lie? Yeah, look they look great. So sweet. <laughs> And that's enough reason right there. But, okay, so let's throw out let's throw out looks. Let's throw out what it's made out of. Let's just talk sheer numbers. Speed and torque. Now, you know, again, we are, we're referencing more, uh, you know, of the standard size servo. So 550 and up. What I'm curious to see what what do you guys think are the minimum requirements, and what do you think? At what point do you think a faster servo versus a quote unquote slower servo would you actually be able to feel it? This That's is a, this is very <laughs> very subjective. Very subjective. I love those kind. Yep. Yeah, I I think nowadays in 700s the the standard for torque is right about 10 kilogram centimeters. And in English units, I want to say that's roughly 180ish. Mm-hmm. I'll do the math here just to make sure. Okay, so the standard is usually right around 10 kilogram centimeters, which is actually about 140 ounce inches so the venerable bls 451 guys still gets the job done in terms of torque when you're doing when you're swinging bigger blades like 750s or you're pushing really hard with higher head speeds and higher pitches maybe you need to go further i i personally like to stick to around 15 kilogram centimeters which is 200 ounce Mm -hmm. inches 
That's mm-hmm. my that's my personal comfort zone. Okay, yeah. uh, almost all of the of the high voltage brushless servos are going to get you in the 180 to 200 or more ounce inches. Uh, but again, I think it comes down to what you're trying to do. Let me give an example. Lots of well, people, lots of people think that you need these big, beefy servos. All right. In 3D, uh, a lot of people think you need them in speed, too. And when you look at the speed guys, they actually push these things hard like we know. And most of the speed guys out there that are worth anything competitively are still flying 6-volt BLS 451s at 140 inch ounces at 2600 RPM and 16 to 18 degrees of collective. Wow. Now there is a difference because there's a difference between what you need and what you can tell the difference between. Because although the BLS 451s, they may get the job done and they, you know, they're perfectly flying. That's what I flew in my 7HV for you know, two years. But so, so the specs on that is 147 inch ounces and 0.1 seconds on the mm-hmm. speed. Then going over to the BK servos up to 295 inch ounces and 0.049 seconds on the speed, I can 100% tell you that I felt a difference. Okay. So there is a, you know, there's that separation between can you feel the difference? I would say yes, you, I could feel the difference. But is it an, is it is necessary it for a, for the for the average average pilot? Ex- exactly. Well, and then exactly. Okay, so you noticed so, a difference, right? You you noticed a difference. Yeah. You went and you had to retune for that difference, correct? Yes. After you tuned it, did it feel any different? There was than before. Um, so. I ended up kind of, like I mentioned in the review, I ended up slowing down or pulling some paddle sim out. So I think I got the speed kind of back to where it was. But the torque difference, I did continue to feel. And I, in my opinion, it did make the heli fly better. Okay. So that's the question. I mean, we've talked about that even going back to like just general mechanics. I mean, at what point mm-hmm. does a fly barless system make any helicopter fly good? And, you know, I think there is a... A, a range in there where you can tune out bad design or in this case you can kind of tune out a weaker servo or a, a faster mm-hmm. servo if you if you tune it you can make them fly the same but that's a good point the torque um that holding power i've heard yeah, a couple guys exactly. who fly super super hard say you know yeah i can't notice it unless I do this maneuver and I can actually stall my servos momentarily. Now, I mean, these yeah. guys are just flying freaking crazy high well, head speeds and and almost kind of silly dumb on the stip, sticks, you know, angry Timmy. I was going to say angry Timmy. Angry Timmy. <laughs> yeah, but the, the maneuver that comes to mind it, for me is just the, the Piro TikToks is one where I could feel that extra holding power. Okay. Um, I could feel the extra torque and it actually made the maneuver slightly easier um by having that extra was it torque. the torque or was it the speed so yeah that's the question i'm i'm guessing the torque because i pulled out some paddle simulation to slow them back down a little bit um because it was too fast right around center 
So that makes me kind of lean towards the torque, but you know, ultimately, I'm, and, I'm not. And what was the 100% difference in sure. speed? The difference in the, from yeah. the specs. Uh, it's point zero four nine uh, seconds per sixty degrees for the BKs and point one seconds. So it's a two x difference in speed and probably about a two x difference in torque too, right? Mm-hmm. It is. That's yep. hard, man. I mean, you're changing two variables in different directions. Yeah, it's tough yep. to say. And like which I one. said, the only thing. Yeah, I just know that I pulled out paddle simulation because I was immediately like, wow, these I could feel the speed difference. I'm right, right off the bat just in general flight, so I pulled out, you know, five, six points of paddle sim. Um, I, I still, so, I don't yeah, that, think but that, that speed is tough on the cyclic would necessarily relate to speed of the servo. I mean, it could. Exactly. Yep. With how fast the flybarless system can tell it, it might to, be you know, to just move. that it's, the torque is, is so much more and so much more instantaneous that that is what made it feel yeah. faster on the cyclic. I think that's, you know, now, okay, on the flip side to that, it seems to trend in the direction that generally speaking with these newer servos, uh, when you buy a quote unquote better one, you are getting both of those that are better. You're getting a torqueier servo yeah. and a faster servos. It's both so maybe specs. it doesn't really, you know, maybe it doesn't really matter which one, which, which specification it is that you're feeling. But what do you guys think is, uh, I mean, what's your minimum for speed? Won't go any slower than. Point one, point one, one, something in that range. For uh, me personally, yeah, I'm I'm around. I'm at the BLS four fifty one level, so the point yeah. one. That's what I was gonna say. I won't go any slower than point one, regardless of torque. I just I don't feel mm-hmm. you know tail servo. I I don't know. I won't go much slower than point zero five. Yeah, I was going to say 0. .06, 0.05 right in there. I don't have any servos that are that slow. I mean, it's yeah. hard to, it's hard to find a servo that, that that is that slow. That yeah, for a tail servo. Yeah, I don't think it's as much of an issue much anymore. Uh, you know, back when uh, when the guys were doing the the fly bar to fly barless switch. That was a tough one. You know, because it sounded so easy. I'll just go buy a fly barless system. And, uh, you know, a new head and you're good to go. Well, you know, or the, the, the 9452s and the 9252 or whatever yeah. Futabas that were like the creme de la creme, uh, you know, they won't, they wouldn't cut it on a fly barless system because they weren't fast enough. So do we think that there's, uh, I mean, do we believe that now with the, the current servos that are out there and I'm going to say, you know, normal brands. You know, I'm not talking about like Hobby King specials or anything like that, but across the normal brands, can you really even buy something that's not going to work now? <laughs> what do you mean not going to work? Well, can you Just buy a incompatible with a 700? Yeah. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. I, I I'm not talking about putting a car servo in or something right, like that. Right, right. But mean, no, just standard wise. helicopter yeah. servos. Yeah. I think they're all way above what's actually needed for 99% of the people out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's a very small minority of non-pro pilots out there that can honestly say with a straight face 
that they can tell a difference between a few tens of milliseconds and, you know, a few tens of inch ounces of torque. And I am not one of them. And I got to tell you, nor uh, am I. It's, it's about what it comes down to is economy. I mean, you know, we, the BK servos, for example, I mean, in our ad, it says for the price, you just can't, you cannot beat the performance. I've always had an issue with servos that were $150 plus. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I just, yeah. I don't feel that I can demand out of any of those servos that are over that price point. I don't think that I can demand enough out of it on a 700 class heli to, to justify that price. I mean, I, I don't, I just feel like I, I don't know. I feel like I can go out there and buy anything that I need that would do me perfectly great for under under 125 a servo. Absolutely. Yep, I agree. Yep. Saying that, I do own a set of X8s. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, But that's all about the bling. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I've got a set of Futabas, but, you know, okay, I I bought those used, and that's the only reason. It's absolutely insane to think I'd go and buy those. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, servos nowadays, you think about it, we need four of them on our helis, and people will pay $200 per servo. That's $800, bucks, dude, for a set of servos. Now, okay, Um, (sighs) I do think that we should recognize that in certain situations, like if I was going to build an 800, like let's say a Logo 800, uh, I would definitely look into getting on the much higher end there. Because I think based on your based on your skill level, though, yeah, I I would say yeah, but also based on the just the size of the blades and the and the weight of that particular machine, um, I I could I could see it potentially. What it would probably do is put it back down to that like BLS four fifty one ratio in a seven hundred now, which would work perfectly fine. But I could probably tell a difference going to a better one. But again, that's on a. 14 and a half, 15 pound, 800 class helicopter. You know, anything smaller than that? Nah, yeah. I think just stick with whatever works, whatever brand has treated you well. Um, yeah. I want to talk about splines. And you mentioned it about a bit ago. Um, and I don't want to break the flow of what you're doing, Nick, but um, Justin, you you say that's a uh, you you mentioned that that was a a prerequisite in your purchasing decision the splines. Mm-hmm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's only two different kinds of splines, right? JR and Futaba. That's right? correct. And I'm assuming your yours are Futaba splines. That is correct. And that's just because, and the reason you do that, just to clear it up for anyone who may have lingering questions. I'm assuming that's because you just happen to have a whole drawer full of silver horns that yes, are all f- literally buckets. Exactly. Of- okay. I just want yeah. to because I I'm actually not have- saying that Futaba yeah. is better than JR uh, right. in terms of spline design. I just I've always run Futaba splines, and so it's one of those things where I'm just going to stick with it. You know, I actually I don't know why or how I ended up 
with this, but I've got a bucket of Futaba and a bucket of JR Splines. Seriously? I, really? I, do you I, ever I, get them mixed up? No. Because nice. they're, they're pretty, it's pretty easy to tell that that's not going to go on. Uh, I've never had an issue with it. But no, they're they're in separate little Tupperware jars. But uh, I, I've never really cared much about the splines, so to speak, because I knew that I had servo horns uh, to match any spline I came across. I was just curious if there was another reason other than that. I assume that was the reason. Nope, that's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, typically that's where most people are, don't you think? I mean... The only, I would imagine so. I, don't, I think the only two that I know of running JR splines, and I mean, I don't venture out that much, but uh, obviously JR, uh, the Spectrum servos. Hi-techs are, those are JR splines. Hi-techs are JR, aren't they? You know, I thought, A, I don't even know if anyone flies Hi-techs anymore. <laughs> I thought they were their own. Uh, I think you may be right, Nick, but I'm not 100% sure on that. I know that there's a sure. ever, ever, ever so slight difference in MKS and Futaba, but they are they still work. Have you noticed that? How some fit just ever so slightly snugger than the I haven't, the actually. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, not much though. I mean, I think it's still in the same spline class. I'm at that point. Uh, I'm with you, Justin. If it's not Futaba spline, I'm not all that really interested in it. Just well, because. and luckily, I think Futaba splines are much more prevalent in general than JR splines. Yeah. I yeah. think that most other servo brands pretty much yeah. adopted those as the standard. Yeah. Ooh, one more just thought of those wonderful little stupid rubber grommets and the little <laughs> bushings and oh, yeah. how many guys use those I, no i don't anymore but let me ask you guys a question how many of you suppose that people actually installed them correctly very few probably very. including myself yeah probably myself as well teach us dan oh well i don't know if i did it right <laughs> oh <laughs> So you, I thought you were going to so like enlighten you, uh, us. So if you uh, put the little rubber grommets on and you put the little brass bushings in, which side does the flange go on? The the frame side or the or the opposite side? The flange side. The, or the frame side. The frame side. Sorry. Very good. Yes. So the flange goes on the frame. Yeah, otherwise, right. it just otherwise it just cuts the grommet. Yeah. Cuts it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's correct. Most people put those in mm-hmm. incorrectly I, I don't know I, you know what do i use them on my nitro electrics no i don't even know i do same here i do but man i speaking of that i have to give blade a uh, huge props i had mentioned this in the review but they actually went to the oh, what is it two and a half millimeter screw I think they went to the larger than what is normally standard for servo mounting Mm -hmm. so that you didn't, so that when you mounted the servo without the little rubber goddammits and the bushings that the servo wouldn't float around because that really pisses me off. Yeah. Like I don't want to run those. How much slop it introduces. Yeah. Well, it's like, I, I, I don't like being able to unbolt the servo and then, 
if I bolt it back in, I have to recheck my setup because there's so much different places where it could actually mount. But like the blade, it's got the larger yeah. bolt holes that fit tightly through the plastic of the servo. So there's there's no variance in where it's going to mount. I love yeah. that every single manufacturer that makes electrics needs to ditch the tiny little screws and just go to bigger ones. I, I would love that. So we've talked about everything except for plastic or aluminum. We did that. We on the servo horns? That. Oh, that oh, was on horns. the servo horns. That's a good one. Okay. Plastic. 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 <laughs> Definitely Unless you plastic. go with the Seacraft <laughs> yeah. version 2 aluminums with that's the little correct. cutout that's designed or, or, to bend in a crash. Lifetime supply of servo gears. Yes. Or, yeah, which is a lot more expensive. <laughs> I, I think I hold the record. I don't know amongst us anyone else who has crashed and stripped every... Every gear set in your MKS <laughs> servos. I don't know how that's even possible. No, that because was bullshit, those things can the take way. a beating. Sit down and spend $130 in servo gears. Not to mention, have to sit down and re-gear for servos, which is bullshit in itself. I ain't got no time yeah. for that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, not even close don't. to that. I one, two, maybe. Generally, one. Okay, so yeah, uh, l let's quickly list off some of our favored arms because I know everyone's going to go. Well, if you guys like plastic, then what brand? Well, MKS has some pretty good ones that come with theirs. The thicker side of the mm -hmm. of the little of the uh, the X. That one, I I like those. Uh, um. SAB has got some bitchin' plastic horns, in my opinion. Kind of carbon-infused. Uh, MD has some awesome, super-thick plastic horns. I have really enjoyed those. Um, like Justin said, the version 2 Seacrafts, uh, those, but understand that they are sacrificial. They will bend in almost e almost every crash. Uh, if you are going to, I saw a really cool trick, actually, by some of the Align pilots. The blue Align servo horns that just annihilated my MKS servos, they drill <laughs> a hole in the middle of them and give them a weak point so that they don't do that when they crash. I I prefer hmm. I prefer either the... Uh, the MKS stock ones or the Futaba stock ones. They're different plastic, like completely different plastic. But what I like about the Futaba ones is, you know, sometimes it depends on the geometry of the heli, like, you know, the size of the ball that that particular brand of heli uses and the beefiness of the plastic links. But when when you have to run the ball on the backside, of the of the uh, horn where it's facing back towards mm -hmm. the body of the servo you know if you have if your servo horns are super beefy and the central sort of root that goes onto the spline is of a large diameter then sometimes you can run into a situation where the the plastic link 
will bump up against that and rub on it and bind if yep. it's big enough and you're running a yep. small enough ball to center distance. So those are the two, I mean, between MKS and the Futaba standards, those are the ones that I personally prefer. Now, you know, on on the metal ones, Seacraft version two is the way to go, not version one. I think they made version two because version one was designed to break, but it never did. And and so what you what you end up getting is stripping your gears. Uh, But other than that, the ones that I really like are the SAB ones. They are they're like the Mikado horns where it's a single arm. Yep. With like three or four different hole options, they're solid. They're like that um, that glass impregnated plastic, so they're super stiff, and they will mm-hmm. break in a crash. I forgot one more that is my absolute favorite. Jesse, I'm surprised. I haven't gone yet. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'll let you go. <laughs> Are they the Mikado servo arms? Well... Justin kind of brought it up, but well, I do believe those kinda. are one of. There's one more. I know you know. Oh. I know you know. I don't know that. Nope, not ringing a bell. You've owned two of their helicopters, and it's not Compass. The Synergy. Yes. But those aren't really their own. I, mean, I know, but it's you use a you use a cheap circular servo horn that would come with any any servo. You know the horns that you usually just set aside because they don't, don't work really on use. anything. Yeah, and then you use the yeah because they don't work. Except now that I have like thirty of them, and I can use them on my Synergy helicopter. It's awesome. Yeah, so Synergy uses a so, carbon a carbon fiber servo arm, but then it's the what is it the small. Is that right? I can't remember. Yeah, the very small circular. It just has one ring of holes um, on the servo horn, and it uses four um, screws to attach that carbon fiber arm to the servo horn. Yep. And so, dude, I love those. Uses that just for that reason. Yeah, that is an awesome design. They don't bend, but they will strip. And just like you said, everyone's got a shit ton of those laying around. That's the other thing, because even beefy plastic servo arms aren't the cheapest things either. So to have, you know, a bunch of spares essentially already sitting in a drawer is awesome. Yeah. I really like those. I think those are probably one of my favorite. They're not the smallest profile. Like I think where the SAB Mm -hmm. ones just uh, are probably my favorite. Uh, it's because they, they are quite small in profile. A, just to fit in the goblins, but in general, they do work quite well. But I give the cool factor to the synergy ones. Yeah. A line, round, simple. Yeah, for your push-pull stuff, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I yeah. use that. That is if I had, I mean, you bet. That's what I would use on a push-pull line. The round ones, they work great. Cheap. Quick to fit, quick to swap out. Yep. No drilling holes or nothing. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. 
Hi, I'm Justin Pucci, and despite what you may think, I'm not here to talk to you about wacky, waving, inflatable, arm-flailing tube men. What I am here to tell you is that the guys over at Rotary Wing RC are stocking up on all forms of heli goodness and passing the savings on to you. Need a flybarless system? Joe and Kyle have Bavarian Demon, Skookum, and Icon. Looking for a heli? What about Gowie or one of those Garbins? Servos? Look no further for BK Servos and MKS. And who could forget the German amazingness that is Contronic? I sure can't because I just bought three of them. So head on over to www.rotarywingrc.com and get yourself loaded up with awesome today. So we've uh, we've been talking the last few weeks, guys, about uh, Ken kind of taking the lead on our on our uh, apparel stuff and citizen card stuff, and we've got some uh, pretty exciting news. Uh, our store is actually ready to roll; should be ready uh, as you're listening to this. Nick, go ahead and tell us uh, what's new about it and how it's going to be more user friendly. Yeah, I think the user-friendly part is going to be the the big difference. Uh, what we've got now is instead of <laughs> having options up or the random kind of, oh, yeah, this is out of stock, we've gone through and actually done an inventory. Uh, Ken's got all of that. And what we're going to do is we're going to keep the PayPal buttons up to date. So if you... Go on there, you see a shirt, you go, oh, that's the shirt that I want, and you hit the little drop-down for the size. If you don't see your size in the drop-down, then that means we don't have it in stock. What this will do is prevent the misorders or the you ordered it and we have to return your money because we didn't have it. Uh, it'll just give you a, a little bit of a, a, a better heads-up on what we actually have in stock. Um, as far as the hats go... In part of doing all of this, uh, we are switching to the hats that we had. We had them at our fun fly and at Urcha. We got a lot of positive feedback on them. They're a one-size-fits-all stretch. Uh, they are like a fitted-style hat. Um, we, you know, we just got a lot of positive feedback that people really liked them. They're not like super, super heavy and thick. Lit. I mean, I'm not going to call them lightweight. I would kind of call them standard. Uh, and a lot of people really liked them. They are working out to be the most efficient for us to get. Um, whether we do the white ones or not, or again, I think will just kind of depend uh, if we get enough people asking for them. Uh, we are not going to be doing the custom citizen number ones now. So for hats, you are going to see one option up there for those. Hoodies will be coming very, very, very soon. Those are actually the current task that we are working on. Um, yeah, I think what you're just going to notice in general is a lot more organization with the store. And the biggest thing is if you have waited in the past, you won't be waiting now because Ken is so on it. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, he Whereas before. He has it ready yeah. to go like 15 minutes after it's ordered. It's like he just sits there and waits. Yeah. yeah. He's got a little buzzer on his computer. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Sends him a little message. <laughs> so uh, another thing too, Ken is very uh, proactive and kind of digging around. And um, I would suspect that, you know, 
so many people over the last two years or longer said, dude, I cannot, but why don't you guys have stickers? My God. Yeah, stickers has been a big one. Well, um, fortunately, the same place we get our shirts, they do stickers as well. So we're going to look into that and uh, nice. go from there. So, you know, you know, if, if, you know, Ken's the guy, if you have a question, uh, send him an email. If there's something you want to see, uh, you know, if he gets enough uh, feedback on, I don't know, coffee mugs, <laughs> just off the top of my head. I, I don't know. You know, if there's something like that, let him know. And then uh, he'll let us know what he's, what he's hearing. And, and then we'll, we'll make a decision from there. So uh, it, it should just, it should go a lot smoother. For those of you who have tried to get shirts in the past or hats and um, uh, you'll be able to get first, first and foremost, you're going to be able to know exactly what's in stock. That's, that's a big one. So Mm -hmm. uh, if you're still looking, uh, check out the store today and you guys will uh, be able to see what's up there and uh, get you some uh, shirts and the hoodies. Got to get some hoodies going. Uh, Winter time is coming. Uh, some would say, in some neck of the woods, it's here. <laughs> I would say that's the case. It got down to 27 degrees last night here. Uh, so, yeah, we are uh, need some warm weather gear. We're going to have to talk about that pretty soon. The cold weather? Yeah, I can feel my inner sissy already starting oh, to Oh, I know. Out. <laughs> exactly. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, I can feel it. Uh, also two guys, I'd, uh, I would invite you guys to check out our Facebook page, uh, continues to, to the support continues to grow there as well. Homepage, rchillynation.com. Uh, check that out and, uh, meet, uh, some other, some, there's a, there's a constant crew of guys there that you can chat with, ask questions with, uh, you know, learn about helis with each other. It's a fantastic way to keep in touch with, with other folks in the hobby. But before we go, we should probably do some emails. So, Nick, if uh, you'd be so kind, why don't you let us know how we can get in touch with you? Yeah, send me an email at nick at rchellynation.com. And can you believe it? They're still up to date. I am so proud about that. (laughs) (laughs) Jesse, how would I get in touch with you? Now you can send me an email at jesse at rchellynation.com or catch me on Facebook. Justin. You could send me an email at justin at rchellynation.com or catch me on Facebook, too. I'm Dan. You can reach me at dan at rchellynation.com. Dan K. Reed on the forums. Dan uh, Reed, I guess, on Facebook. <laughs> Strangely <laughs> enough, that's how that works. Uh, also, too, I mentioned it. Ken at rchellynation.com. Send him an email if you have any questions. Events, you can send those to Dieter at rchellynation.com. And I think uh, think that about wraps this one up, guys. This has been episode 158. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. And I slurred that one a little bit, but that's all right. I think you guys get the gist. Have a good week. We'll see you next Monday. It's okay, Dan. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Have a good week, guys. Take it easy, guys. Later. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by KDE Direct, Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Blade Helicopters, BK Servos, Rev Electrics USA, and Rotary Wing RC. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, 
please feel free to send us an email 